Hey, what is going on, everyone? This is, to be honest, I feel you, the podcast. Now, folks, thank you for being here. Look, <laughs> y'all don't play about these podcasts. So to be in rotation, even on a trial basis, I am floored, folks. I am tile floored. So thank you again for your time, for your attention. Now, look, if you haven't listened to the trailer episode, why not? You rude. You rude and you disrespectful. <laughs> I slaved over that thing. <laughs> nah, I kind no, I kind of did to be honest. It's only about two minutes long, but oh, there was, well, there was so much was going on. But anyway, if you haven't listened to the trailer episode, I would encourage you to pause, go listen, and come back. But I know some of you just got exhausted thinking about that, probably a little lightheaded. So relax. We'll go through it again. Just do a little brief little overview now. Okay, so. To Be Honest, I Feel You is a music commentary podcast, so we'll dedicate each episode to a new song, a song by artists that we probably know and love, but maybe a few we're not too familiar with. But the intent is to not just dissect what the artist meant by the song, but to really uncover and unpack the meaning behind the song, right? So the story, the recurring themes, because when you think about it, music is really just about life. It's about people's stories. And so the reason we love the songs we do is because we can relate to them. Um, so being able to unpack someone else's story that really mimics our own lives gives us, you know, a better vantage point to really look outside in and get the full picture. Because y'all know we give much better advice when it's a friend going through a tough time. But when it's us, when it's our issue, it's so much more difficult to think and see clearly. So hopefully while unpacking these songs, we can get, you know, all the clarity and closure we need to really move forward in life in a healthy way. So that's the gist. Um, with that out of the way, I want to welcome you to season one of the show entitled Headaches and Heartbreaks. Now, I know it sounds a bit dreary, and it is, right? But let's read the room, right? Life looks different now. Let's not cap, actually. For a lot of us, life sucks right now, right? So we're, we're coming out of, but also very much still in a global quarantine, uh, really solitary confinement for what's probably going to be like a year, maybe more. Some of our relationships didn't last throughout the quarantine. Some of our family dynamics got a little bit worse, maybe a lot bit worse. Some of us actually lost loved ones either to COVID or to other health reasons. And so while we're heading into the holiday season, which should be like a really uplifting time on paper, um, even the holidays will look different for most of us, right? So I don't want to just acknowledge, but I want to really embrace this heaviness that we're all feeling. Um, but I am excited for this season. I'm excited for this lineup of songs. I think there's a lot of value packed into them. So I'm really looking forward to getting into it. So, okay. Ooh, need a drink of water. Relax. Maybe a little juice. Um, but anyway, uh, now that that's out the way, let's get into the season, right? So we are starting off episode one with, wait for it, Exile by Taylor Swift. Now, of course, there's a gentleman singing along with her. I don't know how to say his name. Bonnie Vare. I probably should have looked this up before I started recording, but here we are. Uh, bon Iver, I think Bonnie Vare. Bonnie Vare sounds sounds a little bit a little bit more uh, more artistic, so we're gonna go with that. If I said it wrong, um, sorry, sir. Uh, anyway, so um, if I'm honest, to be honest, if you will, um, I'm not a Taylor Swift fan. Um, but before you start sending me hate messages, it's not because I don't think she's talented. She clearly is. I just don't feel like I'm her target audience. You know. Um, 30-year-old black man. I just don't feel like she's singing really to me. But but her latest album, Folklore, is... I'm here for it, okay? Sister Taylor, I am I am here for it. Um, Exile, in particular, is just such a good song. Like, the song is just so, so beautifully heartbreaking. Like, once I heard it, I was stunned. Like, I could not turn it off. Um, so let's get into it, right? So the song is about two lovers. I know, I hate that word. I'm sorry, but it fits. So we'll go with it, right? 
um, two lovers who are clearly no longer together and they're looking back at their relationship really in ruin. Um, and maybe it's just me, but as I listen to the song, I'm like, ah, like a huge part of me is still rooting for this couple, although I know that they're no longer together. And maybe like for valid reasons, right? Maybe there's, you know, good reasons why they shouldn't be together. But like to me, I feel like they could have had a chance to really work it out. Like they could have made it. Like to me, it seems like both individuals were just fighting to be heard in the relationship and not necessarily trying to listen, which ooh, I just heard myself say that. And I was like, man, that's a that's a whole that's a whole thing right there. Um, but the reason I love the song, probably the biggest reason is because it's not quite clear who's at fault. At least not to me. Like, you know, when, whenever there's a breakup, we tend to pick sides. I don't really know whose side to pick on this one. Like oftentimes in relationships, we decide who we believe the victim is and who's at fault. And in a lot of relationships, maybe that's the case, right? Maybe it is pretty clear. But I think for most of us, it's not so black and white. And while we may feel for one side more than the other, I think in most cases, there's usually fault on both sides. But in the song, there's just so much emotion, so much passion and at least it's clear to me that this was not just some amicable breakup. Like there's a lot of hurt, a lot of unresolved feelings here. And I think all of us can relate to that. So enough of me rapping and capping. Let's get into it. So the song begins from the man's perspective, and he is literally watching the love of his life with her new man. And we could easily breeze over that, but I don't want to make light of that. Like I want us to really stress how heavy it is to watch someone you love and so desire to do life with, with someone else. Let's not miss that because you can clearly hear the hurt in this man's lines. Like he starts off saying, I can see you standing, honey, with his arms around your body, laughing, but the joke's not funny at all. So we clearly caught that little slight shade, right? Uh, clearly my guy is struggling with this, but y'all know when you're with someone you care about, their jokes may not always be the funniest, at least to everyone else, but like they're funny to you, right? Um, but I get a bit more than that in this line. Like, I don't think he's just upset or jealous at the fact that she finds him hilarious, but I think he's really doubting her sincerity. Like there's a bit of him saying like, you doing too much. You're not convincing me. You're a fraud. This whole relationship is fake. I'm not with it. Um, he then goes on to say, and it took you five whole minutes to pack us up and leave me with it. Holding all this love out here in the hall. Family. Ooh. This is when it got real for me when I first listened, because I was like, my guy, my guy. It took you five whole minutes to pack us up and leave me with it, holding all this love out here in the hall. Ooh, that's a bar. Like, Mr. Boniver, Bonavet, what, sir, sir. Uh, but we, we see here that there isn't just these shallow feelings of jealousy, but like there's levels to this. Like this man is devastated and he feels discarded, really. But we've learned a couple things, right? So one, she clearly ended this relationship. Two, he clearly didn't see it coming. Five whole minutes to pack us up and leave me with it. My guy was was caught out the blue. He then goes on to introduce a new theme that we'll hear later on in the song. But he's reflecting on the fact that this is yet another failed relationship. And it's exhausting, right? So he goes on to say, I think I've seen this film before and I didn't like the ending. You're not my homeland anymore. So what am I defending now? You were my town. Now I'm in exile seeing you out. I think I've seen this film before. So there's a bit to unpack here, but you'll notice that this man was set on a future with this woman. Like he called her his homeland, his town. He was comfortable. And maybe in more ways than one, but he really planned to do life with her. And now that option has been stripped away from him. So 
He's really grieving the loss of not just the relationship, but of the life that he planned. Like, but he feels like he lost his home, his future. He's now in exile. Let's define that, right? So according to Google, um, exile is a state of being barred from one's native country. Other definitions I found, expulsion from one's native land, prolonged separation from one's home, more simply put, to be forced to leave and unable to return. Fam. If that's not heavy, I don't know what is. But now that we've got a sense of his perspective, let's look at hers. So remember, the song started with him looking at her with her new man. And now she notices him staring and starts with these lines. I can see you staring, honey, like he's just your understudy. Like you'd get your knuckles bloody from me. So we can see here that even she notices the hurt and the anger in this man's eyes. Like his demeanor. This man is crushed. She goes on to say... Second, third, and hundredth chances, balancing on breaking branches, those eyes add insult to injury. So here is really the first time we get a chance to hear the other side of the story. Now remember, he felt like this breakup came out of nowhere, but she clearly saw this coming a mile away. And while he felt she took five whole minutes to give up on them, she shares here that she's given him chance after chance to turn things around. Those eyes add insult to injury. This too gives us a different perspective because while she seems so cold from his perspective, you could see here that this wasn't just an easy decision for her or else she wouldn't have been balancing on breaking branches and giving him chance after chance to fix things. She then goes into her own version of that earlier theme saying, I think I've seen this film before and I didn't like the ending. I'm not your problem anymore, so who am I offending now? You were my crown, now I'm in exile seeing you out. I think I've seen this film before. Now here, the lines that stick out to me are, I'm not your problem anymore, so who am I offending now? Now this feels like she's hinting at something, like maybe hinting at some of the arguments they've had in the past where she was maybe painted out to be the bad guy all the time, or maybe he was always upset about something she said or did, and and now she's saying like, well, now that we're no longer together, you don't have to deal with me anymore. Like, I'm not your problem anymore. Or this could also be like a little shade too, right? Like we're done, so what I do now is no longer your business. But either way, she does confirm that at this point, the relationship is over, it's done, and she's almost urging him to let it go. All right, so up to this point, we've heard both his and her sides of the story. But both of these verses are really leading up to this really big confrontation almost in the chorus, where both are really singing and speaking to each other, but it's, I don't know, it's pretty heartbreaking because they're not really listening to one another. Like, I don't know, I, I don't really want to call the song a duet almost because they're not really singing together. Like, they're singing at the same time, but they're singing two completely different songs. And I don't know, it really comes out in the chorus. It's it's kind of uncomfortable to hear because it's like, ooh, y'all are, y'all are not hearing each other, which I think is intentional, right? I think it's written to sound like a confrontation. But I think it's less about an actual argument in person, right, from across the room. But I think it's more so like when you're in the same space as someone that you love or loved and there's so much passion and unresolved feelings there, it's like your heart can't help but cry out. So we're hearing both of their hearts cry out and there's still so much dissonance, so much discord, so much disconnect. And it's heartbreaking. It it, it really is. Um, um, It starts off with, so step right out. There is no amount of crying I can do for you. All this time, we've always walked a very thin line. At this point, there is no opposing voice or opposing view. It's just kind of like they're pretty set on like, yeah, yeah, this is what it is, right? 
But here's where it goes left. So he says, you didn't even hear me out. To which she immediately replies, you didn't even hear me out. Right? He then goes on to say, you never gave a warning sign. But then she actually interrupts him and says, I gave so many signs. This kind of sounds like an argument, but it feels like, again, they're both fighting to be heard, but no one's willing to just listen. And it continues. He says, I've never learned to read your mind. And she kind of echoes that same line. Like, yeah, you never learned to read my mind. Uh, He then admits, I couldn't turn things around. But her response is pretty interesting because she then says, you never turned things around. And I don't want to breeze past this because if you'll notice, the language here is a bit different, right? He admits, I couldn't turn things around, which implies that he tried, but just wasn't able to. But you'll notice from her perspective, she says you never turn things around. Which could be taken in different ways, but to me at least, it almost seems like she feels like he refused to turn things around. Like she gave him chance after chance, but he refused to get it together. And fam, like that's how it be. That's how it be. When you're only seeing things from your perspective, when you're only giving life to your own thoughts and feelings, and it's almost like you decide reality for yourself and for everyone else. Like you somehow become the judge and the jury and come up with your own conclusions. And maybe I'm reading into it, but I I don't think so. Like to say I couldn't turn things around is very different than admitting I didn't turn things around. Couldn't implies that there was effort there. Couldn't implies that I tried and, and failed. But her response, though, like you never turned things around. Now, that could mean you tried and you failed, but it could also be her not seeing the effort at all. Maybe to her, it felt like he just didn't care to turn things around. And I'm spending so much time on this line because that's what happens when we don't listen. When we form conclusions based solely off of our own thoughts and feelings, we tend to miss the full picture. And I'm not saying if she knew if he was trying that that would have been enough to save the relationship. I'm not saying that, but like, We also can't really know how damaging it was for her to feel like he wasn't trying at all. Like, that line just gave me chills and we could spend a lot of time there, but we'll move on for sake of time. Um, He then goes on to say, you never gave a warning sign. And she actually interrupts him and says, I gave so many signs. And that line kind of repeats a bit. And she ends it by saying, you didn't even see the signs. And the different phrases and themes repeat for a bit, which makes the song so depressing because they're literally going in circles, speaking over each other. And it, it's it's depressing. Like, I'm, I'm depressed. Um, but now that we've sojourned through what feels like our relationship and our breakup, uh, let's bring it home, right? How does this song relate to us? And how does, how does this couple represent us, really? Now, whether or not your past or current relationship looks like this, we're all human. And so I'm confident that there are aspects of this relationship that we can really relate to. And it's hard to summarize what their main issue was because life isn't black and white, so I'm sure there were plenty of issues at play. But it feels like both individuals failed to really see and listen to one another. And trust me, I'm not trying to oversimplify because really, that's a pretty loaded thing when you think about it. But in most cases, relationships don't just fail out of nowhere. Like, it starts small. It starts with little cracks and tears that maybe get patched up over time but never fully repaired. And then over time, those small cracks tend to spread. And then somehow you look up at the person that you loved more than anything, the person you wanted to do life with, and you are both so broken that it seems impossible to get back to where you used to be. 
But what would this love story look like had he noticed the signs? What would be the outcome if she didn't expect him to read her mind but found a way to communicate her feelings? How different would this story be if they didn't let anger, frustration, and resentment linger really to the point where they didn't even see each other the same anymore? Because remember, at different points in the song, they both question each other's sincerity. They question how invested they were in the relationship. They question really each other's character. And you don't get there overnight. And all the failed relationships we've experienced didn't get there overnight. So what signs did you miss? What signs were you giving that they missed? Did you really communicate how you felt or did you get trapped in your own feelings to the point where it distorted everything else? Did you make enough room for them to be honest with you? Were you only fighting to be heard and get your needs met or were you trying to listen as well? Look, we're all human. We all have needs. We all have feelings. But that goes both ways. We're all human. We all have needs. We all have feelings. It's not just you. It's not just me. Now, I don't say that to diminish your problems or to say that you're just being selfish. But I think we need to really spend some time examining ourselves and ask if we've made enough room in our relationships for not just us, but the ones we love. Now, oftentimes we're coming into these relationships with all the baggage from the last failed one. Or maybe we're coming in with our own trauma, which is just life, unfortunately. And I'm not at all saying that if you have issues that you don't deserve to be in a happy, loving relationship. Not at all. But I think we need to be honest with ourselves and ask, are my hands full? Do I have this space for someone else in my life right now? Or if you're in a relationship, ask yourself, am I making room for the one I love? Do they feel that there's enough space here for them? Now, we could oversimplify this whole thing and say communication is key. But what if you think you are communicating, but it's just not being heard? What if you're trying to be open, but something is blocking you? Something's in the way. Life isn't black and white and relationships are full of gray. So if this doesn't fit your current situation, then okay, that's fair. But what I am saying is go deeper. Most of our problems on the surface come from much deeper issues, and until we take the time to really look into it, we're going to keep ending up singing the same old sad songs going from breakup to breakup. Now, I'm married, and I intend to stay that way until God brings me home, but even I can find myself in this song. I can absolutely acknowledge that in some ways, in some areas in my relationship, I was missing the signs. I wasn't seeing her. I wasn't listening. Was it intentional? No. But my hands were full. And if you take the time to really think about it, I think you can find areas in your life and in your relationships where your hands have been full. And once you pinpoint those areas, it's time to address it. It's time to unpack that baggage and make room. And if you need help making room, then let's get you some help. Let's find you a therapist that can help you uncover some of that trauma. Let's find a resource that can help you navigate through that baggage. Let's find a pastor or a trusted spiritual partner that can help you find healing from those wounds. There's no shame in needing help. I did. The point is, if all of us as individuals really took time to intentionally address what's in our hands, our relationships and our lives can only benefit from it. You deserve love, but you also deserve to live a whole and healthy life. And trust me, you'll be better off for it. And so are the ones you love. Hey, thank y'all so much for being here. 
If you enjoyed today's episode or found it helpful at all, please be sure to subscribe and leave a rating. You can also follow us on the gram at TBH. I feel you to keep up with the show and be sure to show us some love on IG stories too. Of course, that helps get the show out there and bring more people into the family. And if I could be of service to you at all, please be sure to DM me. I would love to connect with y'all. Anyways, I love you. I'm rooting for y'all. This is, to be honest, I feel you.